welcome back to my story, his story, our journey. This is Miss Mary here. Welcome everybody back for today's journey. And I just want to thank you for tuning in. And also, don't forget to click that bell. That way you'll be notified every time an episode appears. I also want to remind everybody out there, especially if there's any newcomers, to please, I encourage you to share this particular podcast with individuals or family or friends that you know may need an encouragement from God's Word. Thank you for being with me today, and I will see you over in my part of the story. Welcome to my part of the story. Well, how are all of you doing today out there? Today is going to be a great journey, a journey that we all need. And I guess one of the opening questions that I would have and the part that has to do with my story, so I ask myself these same questions, is do you ever feel like there's a day that you're on fire for God and you just, you love Him and you you sing praises to the Lord. It could be in your car, in your house. You found yourself witnessing to people that you hadn't seen for a long time or maybe somebody at work and you just feel good inside. You know, we know we can go into the house of God and sing praises and hear the word of God and feel wonderful inside the house of God. But the moment we step out the doors, that is our mission field. So my question to you is, is there times when you're on your mission field, wherever you might be, whether it's a grocery store or work or with a friend or even having a family fun night and you have friends over to play cards or do something, do you just find yourself being challenged as to whether you're going to take that step and actually witness for Christ and be a good testimony for Him? Or are you going to kind of shrink back and say, I don't know if this is the time to speak about it. But what about if we find ourselves doing both? You know, that is one of the things that I wanted to talk about today because I find this happening often in my life. So I have, I know I'm not alone. I know there's believers out there that can relate to this particular topic, the topic of being on fire one minute and then being wivered back to nothing the next minute and not having any power whatsoever. I mean, do you feel like that? Do you feel like you've been on fire that day and you're so excited and you feel good that you have witnessed for the Lord and you've done your part and you even believe that the Lord would be proud of you? You could almost hear him saying, well done, good and faithful servant. But then just a few short days later you find yourself either broken not really connected mentally to the spirit and find yourself doing things that you know you should not do or say things that you know you should not say do you question yourself does satan have you confused in your mind do you sit alone sometimes and say am i saved or am i not saved am i a force to be reckoned with for Christ, or am I just a weak hypocrite? I don't know about you, but I have experienced this several times in my life. One, I want to urge you to remember, God does not give you the spirit of fear, 
and he and Satan is the father of lies. So anytime you start to feel this way, please, please think to yourself, is Jesus wanting me to feel this way? Am I feeling convicted for what I've done? Like we talked last week about guilty or not guilty. Are you feeling convicted for what you've done? Or is Satan really trying to get you to stop witnessing altogether? Is he trying to trick your mind into believing that you can't witness for Christ because look what you just said or look what you just did and you don't have the right to be able to stand up and witness for Christ. You've probably already lost your salvation. He is the father of lies. But We also need to remember there is one other thing that could be causing the problem. We could be living in the flesh. Remember, we talked about the carnal side and the spiritual side. And oftentimes we start to move away from God and we're not reading the word of God or not listening to worship music and we're not centered with Jesus Christ and fellowshipping with him. So we revert back to some of our old ways. And When that happens, we find ourselves in situations or saying things and doing things that we normally would not do in the spirit. So today, this journey is going to be us evaluating, you know, our own heart and examining it and also to be, get strengthened into your mind that Jesus don't want you to feel that way. He will convict you and he will draw you back to himself and and then you can be a, a force, what I call force to be reckoned with. Um, but at the same time, you say, well, why do I experience this? Or why do I go through this? Well, mind you, I want to speak just of one particular apostle first right now, which remember the apostle Paul. And it was toward the end of his ministry that he actually penned in the scriptures, Why is it the things that I know that I should do, that I do not, but the things I know I should not do, that I do? Who will deliver me from this wretched body of sin? So remember, we talked about how Paul struggled between his flesh and between his spirit. So remember him when sometimes you get torn and think, I can't be saved. I can't be a real Christian because I was doing good yesterday and the day before yesterday but then today look at me look how I'm acting look how I'm talking or what I'm doing but the biggest apostle that I want to take a journey with today is Peter I want you to look at some of Peter's strengths and some of Peter's weaknesses and see if you can see yourself in the Apostle Peter. Because if we can see ourselves in people that we absolutely know love the Lord Jesus and wanted to live for the Lord Jesus, but yet somehow still struggled in their flesh, we could honestly say Peter for sure was one of them. I relate to Peter quite a bit. (laughs) And um, so that's where our journey has taken us today through the scriptures so we were going to take a look at Peter now remind you when you're taking a look at Peter you could be taking a look at yourself 
So this particular journey today is going to be called Peter, Oh Peter. And I will see you and we will examine a little bit of what went on with Peter's life in the ministry. And I will see you over in his part of the story in the scriptures that will explain a little bit more about Peter. See you there. Welcome to his part of the story. Well, before we get into comparing some of Peter's strengths and some of Peter's weaknesses, I do want to say that no doubt that the time that Peter spent with Jesus, he was actually transformed from an uneducated fisherman that sometimes was fearful to a courageous and faithful apostle who became single-handedly one of the most important people and also was an instrument in the establishment of the church. So let's just give Peter a little bit of credit up front, but then we're going to get into just seeing a little bit more about Peter's life. I think it's so important that we realize that Jesus wanted us to see and read these scriptures because he wants us to put ourselves in the disciples' shoes because we are the disciples. We live like them. We act like them. We talk like them. And oftentimes we'll find ourselves repeating things that they should have known better to do or they learn from them. So first I want to say one of Peter's strengths. Let's just start with Peter's strengths. Okay, one, other than him being very committed to Jesus Christ, let's just say he was very committed to Jesus Christ, committed to the point where he gave up his career, his family, and his home. And, you know, one positive thing uh, I want to say about Peter was as he would pipe up when Jesus asked a question. So we're going to go over to Mark 8, 27 through 30. Now you're going to hear me flipping through the scriptures, and I hope you have your Bible out as well. So we're going to go to Mark 8, 27 through 30. Okay. Mark 8, 27 through 30. Let's see if Peter pipes up and answers questions. It says here, And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do the people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him. Now notice we don't hear any of the other disciples other than Peter. Peter's piping up here and answering questions. Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them and told them to tell nobody about him. Now, there's another account, and it actually says that Jesus also, they also added to that, that Jesus said, Peter, you would not have known that if my Father in heaven had not revealed that to you. And he also said, Upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
So we can see here that Peter was known for piping up and answering questions and being very one-on-one -on -one with Christ. He had that relationship of love. He was falling in love with Jesus. And, and so he often would like to, you know, answer questions and, and listen intently to what Jesus had to say. And this was one of the most important questions. And I've said in other episodes, the most important question you'll ever have to answer yourself is, who do you say that Jesus Christ is? So he did great. He knew and was told by the Father in heaven who Jesus Christ was, and he gave Jesus Christ his very first testimonial, like verbal testimony, that he was the very Christ, the Son of the living God. But let's look at a weakness. So here I've got noted his first weakness that we have listed <laughs> is that he's headstrong. And he has a tendency to speak before he thinks. He sometimes would tell Jesus what to do. Hmm. So he asks questions, but he also thinks too much and has a tendency to jump the gun and tell Jesus what to do. So do we see that here? Well, actually we do. Right underneath what we just read which is right after Mark 8, 31 through 33. So let's go on. Right after he told them not to tell anybody, it says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and to be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Oh no. Directly after telling him that he was the Son of God, the Messiah, now he's, his love for him is saying, No! This can't happen. And Jesus Christ himself rebuked Peter and told Peter, Peter, you do not think like a, you're thinking like a man. So we can see the weakness of Peter's heart here. His flesh came out. Notice it said that the Father in heaven had told Peter that Jesus Christ, or that Jesus was the, the Christ, and that's the Spirit. But now we see the flesh. We see him not wanting to go to the cross. We see him not wanting to lose his friend Jesus. Well, what about another strength of Peter? I've got listed at second. He was part of the beloved, the part of the inner circle. I don't know if you've heard of them or if you've read it, but in the scriptures it talks about this. He called him his beloved, and it was the inner circle of Peter, James, and John. Okay, so I don't know if you've heard of them. Oftentimes you will hear Jesus Christ call them away or do something separate with Peter, James, and John. So let's look over in Matthew 26, 36 through 39. Matthew 26. Thirty-six to thirty-nine. 
it says here, and we're going to read a little bit about this inner circle. It says here, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which is James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So we can see that this is close to Jesus' crucifixion. And Jesus is in a desperate time of need. He's broken, and he just wants his dear friends to pray. Just pray for me. So we can see that that was a strength of Peter, that he happened to be a beloved. He happened to be one of the inner circle that Jesus pulled aside. And those three were in the garden. Like the other disciples was further out. The people were further out. Then you have Peter, James, and John closer into the Garden of Gethsemane. And then you had Jesus walked off a ways from them just to separate himself to pray to the Father. And yet, you know, we see how wonderful. Can you imagine how wonderful that would be to be one that Jesus would specifically say, pray for me, pray for me. But. I look at the weakness side of this and I have different times Jesus would call Peter by his name Simon because he was known to be strong in the spirit but weak in the flesh. And if we read on a little bit here, you'll see this because he did. Sometimes he would say Peter and then sometimes he would say Simon and then sometimes he'd say Simon Peter. And they believed that he would say Simon when when Peter was showing his flesh and when he was reverting back to his old ways. Um, and let's just see if he does that here. After Jesus says, not my will, but your will, in verse 40 to 41, it says, And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So here, Peter has a strength. He's part of the inner circle. Jesus asked him to specifically pray for him. But yet, he still had his his flesh, his weakness, his tiredness, and he fell asleep. Well, I have here the third. With the inner circle, he was with the inner circle when he saw the transfiguration of Jesus in Mark 9, 2 through 4. That is powerful. So we see here now a little bit deeper with the inner circle where there's only three that Jesus takes to the Mount of Transfiguration and they actually got to witness Jesus transform before them into his Shekinah glory. So let's look at Mark 9, verse 2 through 4. Let me pull that up. And it says here, and I have, yeah, let's, and it says here, and after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. 
and he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, instantly white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah and Moses. Now, I believe these are the two uh, witnesses that comes back at the end of time because they appeared with him beside of them. And we hear things in the book of Revelation that Moses had to do with blood and Elijah had to do with fire and Moses with water. So I really do believe that these are the two witnesses that Revelation speaks of. But here we see that they appeared to them, Elijah and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, now, let's just stop right there for just a second. He gets to see Jesus Christ in his Shekinah glory. He was privileged enough to be one that Jesus took to that mountain. But you know what I have for the third for the weakness? Peter spoke in haste and he said foolish things. He could be outspoken and could get very excited. Now, this ain't necessarily a bad thing or quality. Sometimes it's a quality for those and are important for leadership skills. But sometimes Peter just would not stay in his correct place. So he had a tendency to be fast spoken and haste to speak without thinking and would say foolish things. Now, let's see if this particular scripture, if we go on to uh, verses 5 through 8 and see if it supports that. Okay. Now, remember, he said here, um, Elijah and Moses with, were there, were talking with Jesus. Now, verse 5. And Peter, here he speaks out again, not James and John, Peter. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. So we had a scene here where he was privileged. It was a strength that Jesus loved him enough, and he had him there on the mountain with him. But because he didn't... He was in an uncomfortable position, and maybe he was terrified by what he was even seeing. Peter spoke too hastily, and he said foolish things to the point where if you notice who steps in here, it's God the Father. It says the cloud overshadowed them. And remember before where God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He says here, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And so, see, Peter had a problem. Sometimes he talked a little too much. Sometimes he just needed to listen. That's a lesson that I truly believe God has been pouring out on my heart. He's trying to teach me. Mary, be slow to speak, quick to listen. It's a hard one for me because I'm a teacher. And I always have something waiting in the balances or in my mind or scriptures to support what's being said. And... And I'm so excited for the Lord that oftentimes I speak and 
I forget to listen. Peter was like that. He spoke foolishly sometimes and he forgot to listen. And, you know, I'm going to stop there for his part of the story, but I have two more very important comparisons to Peter. And you will get to hear those right after this very short advertisement. And I'll see you in our part of the journey. Welcome back to our part of the journey. Well, I just have a couple more strengths and weaknesses that I wanted to speak of when it comes to the Apostle Peter. And I didn't want his part of the story to get too lengthy. So instead of any kind of commentary, we're just going to finish up on these last two points here in our part of the journey. Except for I have a switcheroo on you. This time I'm going to speak of instead of his strength first, I'm going to speak of Peter's weakness. So one of Peter's weaknesses is that he got puffed up. Do you ever get puffed up? I know sometimes we may think we don't, but we often get caught up in it. You know, there's times where you can be on fire for the Lord and excited and and just at his every word and listening to everything he has to say and just witnessing and, and sharing your testimony and and you, you could even have special special spiritual gifts or talents in the church. And, you know, we got to be very careful about being puffed up because God has a way of bringing us back down to who we really are in comparison to him or to his son. Just like Peter, and he said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. we got to also think about that when we get puffed up, that the Father will put us back in our place. Um example could be like say for instance you have a special talent or spiritual gift and people say oh I love to listen to you or oh I love to watch you and oh I love to hear you sing or you know we should always be ready to say to God be the glory but thank you but thank God he could get me through that thank you Um, always put yourself in a position of trying to be humble and literally letting God get the credit for everything that's done for the kingdom. Because remember, there was a time where we were lost. We knew nothing. We were blind. But now we see because the Holy Spirit revealed to us. So we would still be just walking around in a continual lifestyle of sin and doing nothing whatsoever for the kingdom of God if it had not been for the Holy Spirit of God revealing to us the truth about Jesus Christ. And remember, even as a believer, we are still living this life with a sin nature. There's times that we worry. There's times that we tell little white lies. That is sin, and it is only by the grace and mercy of God that we are not consumed. So anything that you do to benefit the kingdom of God for the Heavenly Father, we need to always give Him credit for. So let's look here, though, where Peter got a little out of line and got a little puffed up. So we're looking at Matthew 26, verses 30 through 35. And it says... Now, before, I want to set the stage a little bit before that scripture. They had just finished having the Last Supper. Now imagine, Jesus just got finished 
washing the disciples' feet and showing what a true servant is. He also washed the feet of Judas. They just got finished having the Last Supper. He just got finished saying who would betray him as Judas left the supper. So those are very important, impactful, powerful things that are happening right before Peter gets caught up in this. Because it says right after, it says, And when they had sang a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will scatter. That's old very touchy scripture for me right now because I just recently came through something where that scripture just went off in my head again and in my mind and my spirit again and again that I will strike the shepherd and the, the sheep and the flock will scatter and that is true even to this day that happens and but it goes on and says but after I raise I am raised up I will go before you to Galilee Okay, so he's giving them the instructions. But after I'm raised up, which he's telling them when he dies on the cross, after he's raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. So he's telling them the future and what will happen here. But listen to what Peter has to say. Peter, Peter. Oh, Peter. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. So it wasn't even just Peter this time. All the disciples swore their allegiance to him and we know what happened with that we know that Peter he did deny him three times see he followed him he was one that followed him when he went in and was arrested and they kept saying this is the man this is the man that was with Jesus he traveled with that that group and he said no 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 and Jesus was correct he denied him three times but what did what is one of Peter's strengths because remember I said this time I was going to speak of his weakness first do you know there was a time where Peter had the ability to make that wrong right a Peter actually affirmed him again in a different time. Let's look at John 21, 15 through 19. John 21, 15 through 19. It says here, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? more than these he said to him yes Lord you know that I love you now mind you this is after Jesus had been crucified and then he says you know I love you he said to him feed my lambs verse 16 he said to him the second time Simon son of John 
Do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, Tend to my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And Jesus continues in verse 18 to say, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, You used to dress yourself and walk wherever you want. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. He asked him three times, do you love me? You know, I believe he gave him the opportunity three times to say he loved him because he was just that merciful because Peter in his flesh had denied him three times. But I also believe it was still a forewarning to Peter. Peter, you, you get very excited and yes, I love you and yes, I will and yes, I will. And he goes, you will, Peter. You most certainly will. And he foretold Peter of his death and how he was actually going to be martyred without Peter. I don't know whether Peter understood it completely or not, but that's what he spoke of. He would be led to a place he did not want to go. But, you know, Peter loved the Lord. He was the one apostle that said he didn't even want to be, he didn't want to be crucified upright, that he didn't feel worthy to be even crucified upright. So we can see here that he got puffed up and he denied him three times. But then he affirmed him. He affirmed that he loved him three times. And we cannot forget the fifth thing that I have to mention. The preaching of the sermon at the day of Pentecost where 3,000 souls were saved and believed. And I want to read just a little bit about that, and we're going to finish up. Acts 2, or Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound of like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as they... They and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews and devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound of the multitude they came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we can hear each of us in our own native language? Okay, so we can see here that now, wow, Peter is speaking in language that 
he was never taught to speak in. Matter of fact, they all were. And what a gift that was. But think about who initiated that gift. Think about what it said. The Holy Spirit began to speak through the Holy Spirit. What a blessing. And then it goes on. Let's see. Well, let me just go down to verse 12. It says, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying one to another, What does this mean? But others mocking, saying, They are filled with the new wine. But Peter standing with the eleven lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk. As you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And then he goes on to speak about what the prophet Joel had said. But we know that that day, 3,000 souls were saved by Peter boldly speaking of Jesus Christ and saying, This is the man in whom you crucified. But you know, that is one of the things too, is often we forget about the Holy Spirit. See, we need to remember that oftentimes when it comes to our weaknesses, our weaknesses mostly are probably done in the flesh or done because we run ahead of Christ or we're too quick to come up with our own concept or way or thinking. Instead of waiting, waiting on the Holy Spirit like the apostles did. They sit and they waited on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit engulfed them. And you know, we're full of the Holy Spirit. You're only going to get the the Spirit the moment you accept Christ as your Savior. But we often say, are you more in your flesh and less in your spirit? Or are you allowing the Spirit to lead you? Are you full of the Holy Spirit? Are you being led by the Holy Spirit in the ministries and the things that you're doing? And even when you give your own testimony, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to bring recollection to your mind about how that took place and who led that? Well, I don't know about you, but I sure can relate to Peter. I can relate to most all the apostles, including Downton Tom. But Peter, oh Peter, <laughs> I think I can relate to him the most. I would ask you to pray for me because we all have a little bit of Peter in us and I may have a little bit more than what I need for myself. But the Lord certainly has spoken to me through this journey today. And if you're out there and you're wondering in your heart and in your mind and you're wavering back and forth about thinking you lost your salvation, look look at Peter. Look at the life of Peter. You know, Peter loved Jesus. And some of what he did, he got himself in trouble because he loved Jesus. And he was acting out according to the flesh and not thinking in the spirit. But we do that sometimes too. And just remember this. We have a loving, gracious, heavenly, merciful God. He is our dad. 
if he if you are a born again believer he is your apple father he loves you and he wants you to be reconciled back to him if you've even gone astray and you just feel like you have made a mess of your life do not believe for one second that the holy spirit of christ cannot give you a whole complete new life and that he can still use you for the furthering of the kingdom because he can he's that powerful you may not be that powerful in the flesh just like peter but he is that powerful as long as we do things through the spirit so i would just pray that you would remember that god wants to use you he will use you but remember be walking close to jesus christ as you possibly can for the best outcome and the best witness possible let us pray Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this message today and this journey uh, of Peter, just the example of the times where he was weak and he failed, and but the times that he was strong and did better, Lord, because we need that. We need to be able to see that in our lives, that, that we can fail, but you will always pick us up and dust us off, and you will give us the strength to continue on in the ministry. I thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done for me and in my life and that you will always reach those around you and uh, you will always be there to help them on their path thank you for hearing our prayer but mostly thank you for dying on the cross for it's in your name we pray amen thank you for joining me today on my story his story our journey and i will see you next time